We're glad to have you with us today as we worship God on this Easter Sunday. It's such a joyful day, and it's joyful that you're here with us, even if you're remotely at home. I'm Cecil Donahue, the pastor here at Center Church, and we're very joyous about being here with you. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for this day, Easter Sunday. We thank you that we are able to come and praise you. We're thankful that much that he was willing to die on the cross for us. As we gather remotely and gather here, we ask that we have thankful hearts to you, that we praise your name. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And because of that, we have life now and for all eternity. You have loved us through thick and thin. In our good times and in our difficult times, you've been with us. Whether we have known it or not, you have stood by us, pleading and always seeking us because you are the one who came to earth in Jesus to seek and to save the lost. And Lord, we're here today. We confess our sin. We know that we have not done, we have not lived as you have wanted us to live. And today, we confess. Hear our confession. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. May we offer that hand of forgiveness and fellowship to all those persons with whom we're dislocated from that we have anger against. We come today realizing that in this joyful day of Easter, we're in the midst of the coronavirus. The whole world is inundated by it and suffering from it. And every day we hear this many more cases have been diagnosed, this many more people in the thousands have died. And so we ask you to be with those families who have lost loved ones to this disease. We ask you to be with the healthcare workers, the hospital, the people who are risking their lives every day to save others. We pray for our president, our government, our governor, and our local government, and that they will make good decisions to help us mitigate this virus and help us to get through it together. Keep everyone safe. Help everyone to abide by the stay-at-home regulations and not expose themselves or expose others to this terrible disease. And we know today, of all days, that your power is sufficient to help us meet this challenge. 
the power of the Holy Spirit can defeat any problem individually and worldwide if we'll let that power work in and through us and not block it. We pray for all those on the prayer list of this church and other churches who are listening that your grace will be sufficient to their needs. We also pray for those people who work tirelessly for us, our firefighters, our law enforcement officers, our emergency medical staff, that they come to us not knowing what they're going to get into, but they're willing to risk it to help us. And finally, God, we again praise you and thank you for your son Jesus. By his death and now today his resurrection, our life in you is secured now and for all eternity. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ's name who rose again, we pray. Amen. The scripture for today is taken from the Gospel of Luke, the story of the resurrection. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. And while they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in flashing clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told this to the eleven and all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them like an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up, and ran to the tomb, and stooping, looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Death it's such a solemn and ugly word. It's a word that can snatch a family member in an instant. A word that sends almost everyone 
at some point of their life to a state of remorse or loneliness or even destitution, mysterious death. Its sense of finality strikes fear in almost everyone's heart. We all attempt to run from it, to prolong our lives by any means. Death's grip can hold us so tight that it chokes those who are left to mourn. Now in the scripture, it says that the women were going to the tomb. The disciples were both caught up in death's grip as they cowered away in hiding and mourning behind locked doors. Despite the prophecies that Jesus revealed about them and about himself, whether they never really understood them or whether they forgot them, they were not expecting a resurrection. Now the women, they were involved in the ritualistic activities at a time like this. Someone who dies has to be anointed, cleaned and anointed with the proper oils and and so they, despite their sadness, went to do what they were supposed to do. They too could not yet look beyond the grave. And with this preoccupation of Jesus' death and the end of their hope, the women came upon the open tomb. They entered it, and two men in flashing robes appeared to them asking, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. What a relief as the bonds of death were broken by this news. How uplifting and joyous this made the disillusioned women with this new hope they rushed back to the place where the disciples were hiding to share the good news. See, the claim of death had steered the women to look for the living Lord among the dead, among the tombs, among the graveyard, among the rocks and darkness. I wonder how often we too look for the living Lord in dead places. We too must hear the words of the messenger, if we are to find the resurrected Lord on this Easter day. So what does their question mean for us? Think about it. Life necessitates growth and change. If you're a plant or an animal or a human being, even you and me, If we stop growing and stop changing, the only other alternative is death. Consider the lily, its growth and blooming. Today, the lily is one of the representations of the risen Christ. Or consider the 
all you have when you look at a fuzzy, wormy little caterpillar that spins a cocoon around himself and within weeks emerges as a beautiful butterfly. Somehow, we can meet God here in nature because it's in the midst of growing and changing. We're considered the birth of a child. Even before the birth, growth occurs so rapidly. It's only a matter of weeks after the birth that this tiny child, this babe, is pushing and pulling himself around the crib. Within a year, he's walking around the house and soon is able to communicate with words all his wants and needs. What I'm trying to say is the presence of the living Lord is in the miracle of growth and birth and creation. But this need for growth and change involves much more than just the physical. It must involve our hearts and minds if we are to culminate in an encounter with Christ. We will not find the risen Lord in a static, half-hearted reading of the scriptures or in the rigid, burdensome weight of the law or the close-minded, stubborn human being. All these are characteristics of dying. But these men in flashing robes said that we must look among the living. Living also implies the presence of activity and action and involvement. The youth to grow their attendance last summer challenged each other to invite people to come to their youth group. And one of the ways they were incentivized to do that, that whoever invited the most people would have the choice of coloring my hair whatever color they wanted. It started out green, but it didn't work too well. And then they chose red. And so that's why I had red, head, red hair for about a month. See, to find the risen Lord, we must look where things are happening. It is obvious that Christ is present in the church, for Christ ordained it. And in our baptism, because it's done in his name. So in the church, we look for Jesus. We find him when the children and their backpacks are being blessed for another school year. You also find him in the midst of the ravages of nature when humans are devastated by a hurricane or a tornado or some other disaster. People from the church and from government organizations alike rush to alleviate suffering. So Jesus lives among the many of the older people in the church 
who could by all rights just pack it in and say, I've done my part for these 50 years. Let someone else take over. But they know faith and Christian growth depends on being actively involved in the work of the church, Christ's church. Participating in its various services, organizing children and adult gatherings, Christ is found in the midst of church committees where planning and hard work yield new members to the Christian faith. See, Christ is present in these moments of celebration and rejoicing. But the activity of life is not always happy, is it? Suffering, separation, and pain abound, and we're experiencing a lot of that now. I want you to know that Christ can be found there as well. Christ's presence is involved when we give ourselves in caring for others, when we welcome the stranger, when we clothe the naked, when we visit the sick, the imprisoned, feed the hungry, even give a cup of cold water to the thirsty. Some of those things are limited now, but we do those things with a phone call, an email, with a virtual worship like we're doing. And when we've done these things, Christ himself declared that he was in those situations. In this COVID-19 time, you know, our lives, we find the living Christ as we listen to sermons, as we participate in online Sunday school, as we explore resources from Right Now Media as a family, when we use this time to rebuild our family relationships, to reach out and help our neighbor while maintaining a safe distance, when we pick up groceries or a meal and leave them on the porch so that the families can retrieve them after we leave. In fact, Center has done in the past couple weeks, we got a group of 10 people together and we got them to phone the entire church roll, over 200 households, just to say, hi, this is Center. We're thinking about you. We love you. We're praying for you. Is there anything that you need for us to do? It's in things like this that the risen Christ can be found. We all know that story from the rich ruler that Jesus tells. That rich ruler failed to experience the living Christ in his life because he is unwilling to sell his goods and be involved in helping the poor. He turned away from Christ. His was a religion founded on rules and regulations. The living Christ calls us to a religion manifest in action and involvement. What will our answer be? Christ is always where the action is. See, Christ sent, God sent Christ, allowing him to take on flesh and blood so that we might have a personal relationship with him. In this opportunity of a personal relationship, with the living Lord, that's what makes the resurrection so important. So without this personal relationship, 
without this dimension, we could only know Christ historically. We could only know him by his example. But Christ is the living Lord, resurrected, and thus we can know him today and feel his influence day by day. See, a relationship with Christ spills over into all our other relationships. It shapes and enhances them. If we would but acknowledge Christ's presence in our relationships, how that would affect our relationships with our parents or our children, our fellow members, our bosses, all those we encounter, how much alive would they be if we would acknowledge Christ in our lives? Once a group of theology students in New York City were walking home from an event they had at a, in the night, and while they were walking, they ran across a person who was laying in the gutter under the influence of alcohol or something, and he was just there. And they all started to walk by him, but one said he couldn't do that. So he went back and he lifted up the man where he could hold him somewhat in his arms and see his face and he said, let me know where you live and I'll call a taxi and I'll get you home. And that man, as much of a stupor as his end, was able to say, if Christ was living on earth today, he would be doing something like you're doing now. See, when Christ is in our relationships with others, when we're related to Christ, then Christ gets to influence others through us. So let us look to the relationships with the living Christ so that others will see Christ in their worlds. Why do we look for the living among the dead? Christ is risen and can be found where life is flourishing, where there is activity, change, growth, action, where there's purpose, where there's a living relationship between us and Christ. We look to those relationships so that we might be an influence of the living Christ that we celebrate today. In closing, I just want to share an experience I had in, with the Moravian Sunrise Service in Winston-Salem. The majority of the celebration takes place in the cemetery early Easter morning. There the saints have been buried for generations under simple white stones which bear the testimony to a plain people's simple faith. The week before Easter, families of those saints, they bring their buckets and their pails and their brushes and they scrub those white stones as clean as they can. And then on Holy Saturday, they adorn them with flowers. A whole sea of tombstones white with beautiful flowers of all colors on them. And then on Easter morning, they began their 
slow walk to the cemetery from all parts of Winston-Salem. There's usually four or five uh, brass bands that lead the marchers from the various directions. At first, it's a faint sound of joyous music. But as we get closer to sunrise, the bands become louder. The mood begins to shift. as people get closer and closer to the center of the graveyard. It's really almost understated. There's not much preaching. There's lots of liturgy. There's lots of words that sound familiar. And they're telling us something great is about to happen. And then as the sun begins to come up, it creeps up over the tree line. Its beams fall on the budding trees and the blossoms of conquered graves, covered graves. The sun, the symbol of life, is conquering the death of darkness like it does every day. But on this Easter Sunday morning, these rays of sunshine and warmth, they fall on my black brother who came up there with me. They fell on a child rubbing his sleepy eyes. They fell on a pregnant mother. They fell on a stout man playing one of the brass instruments. Those rays of sunshine fell on the multitude of different people. And we knew in that moment that Christ had risen and he was among us. Christ is risen. We say, Hosanna, Hosanna. Christ is living in our world today. And with that realization, at that Moravian sunrise service, loud Hosannas filled the sky. The brass horns played triumphantly loud. We had found the risen Lord, the Christ, not in the graveyard, but in the people's faces, in the words of Scripture, and in the promise that Christ made to us. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Christ has risen from the dead, and He is here just as now, as much now as he was when he is there in person, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can experience the risen Christ in our hearts. We can experience that saving grace that Christ gave his life for. And when we do that, we can't not just sit in the pew, but we have to do like our sign out says, sinner has left the church. We will be leaving the church be actively involved in whatever ministry Christ calls us to. We'll be helping people. We'll be sitting by people's beds when they're sick, reading and praying and crying with them. We'll be 
involved in making sure families with small children have a place to come, be nurtured in the faith, and can grow to know Christ. We'll be halfway around the world in places like Armenia serving those folks as well as being down in Greensboro or in Somerville giving out food to people who are hungry. The risen Christ will be found among the living. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're at home, join us as we sing this final hymn together.
Now may you go forth in the joy that Christ is risen from the dead and that his life, his spirit is here among us and can be in you if you want to live in the places where growth and change and opportunity lay. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you and amen.